Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creanitators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I'm joined today by Michael Morisi. Thank you, Michael, for joining. We're excited to talk today about Barbaric, the plot, Wasted Space, Star Wars Adventures, all the books you've been writing. We're going to focus up front on Barbaric, out now from Vault Comics. It is the story of Owen the Barbarian, cursed to do good and always help with a talking axe that gets drunk on the blood of the vanquished. It's a lively, fresh update to the Barbarian Sword and Sorcery, and it's as funny as it is gorgeously told. It's a really fun book. It's one of my favorites of 2021. Michael, I'm glad you're here to talk about it. Um, thanks for joining. And 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 what can you tell us about the um, the origins of Barbaric? How did you come to start putting the story together? Yeah, no, it's a great question, and uh, uh, happy to be here as well. Uh, thanks for having thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, Barbaric started. You know, it's funny. Um, I feel like I have a different answer whenever I get asked that because there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, but really, it just like. You know, a lot of it came from me just being kind of bored. And I think that's a lot of like why I do a lot of things that I do anymore is like just being kind of bored with the same old kind of routine, you know, like I love, I really enjoy Conan. I, I, I like that tradition like well enough. Like I'm not like crazy about it, but like, you know, after I kind of um, Conan relaunched with Marvel and as much as I like the people involved, it was just felt flat, you know, just like, oh, we're just going to throw some Robert E. Towers stories against the wall and whatever you know and sure. it's like well why can't yeah. we do yeah. more with this you know it's such a cool you know barbarian that's like doesn't feel it is lack of a term barbaric you know like mm -hmm. so i started just seeing like man how can we and it's similar to to to, to waste of space you know like what was what drove that is like how can i shake up the, this tradition and just do something more interesting and a lot of it comes from and what a lot of you know drives the work that i do is a uh, voice and point of view and like how can i get a good voice in there that's that's different from anything i'm seeing your know, voice is voice is such a key part of writing point of view voice you know there's a ton of overlap there but it's such an important part of telling a good and memorable story is a good and memorable voice i mean you look at probably you know now it's going on a tangent here but like the, the the shakespeare of our time stephen king you know is has a tremendous voice you'd give anybody a stephen king book anybody who knows him and, and not say it's Stephen King and you'll know, you just know intrinsically, mm -hmm. this is Stephen King or, or this is Alan Moore. Or this is Grant Morrison. Like it's voice. Like there's other things too, but that point of view, that specific way of telling a story and having a different way of telling a story we've heard before. And we've all heard the stories before. It's just so, so pivotal, pivotal, <laughs> pivotal, <laughs> uh, pivotal. And, um, that was a big part of barbaric. Like I found this way in and I was kicking it around. I was like, all right, you know, how can we do this differently? And it just built and built from there. Is that the piece that comes first for you? Just kind of that, that voice of just like, okay, the Owen, this character, he's going to have this sort of swagger and, and this sort of um, you know, like, like curse upon him, you know, but then like, so he's going to be reluctant to be doing all this stuff. And then the ax that's, that's going to have, you know, this drunken sort of like, you know, murderous credit, like putting those voices to characterization kind of as you're, as you're like thinking about getting the story started. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, like any writer or, you know, I have a lot of ideas and there's a lot of stories that I want to tell and a lot of things that I want to pursue. Um, but, you know, can't do it all. Like, you know, you just, just can't, you know, and I don't think it's a good idea to try <laughs> um, because I yeah. think then you just, 
if it shows your work gets watered down i've been there i've been there right when i'm like i'm doing too much you know i need to stop and i think it affected the work that i was doing um um but like when it came to when it comes to that like you know picking the stories that i uh, you know want to pursue yeah a lot of it comes down to like what is most interesting to me about this what is fun like what is what is going to be that 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 thing that keeps me going and and if it keeps me going it's going to keep people read it going you know that's mm -hmm. going to keep them interested so yeah that's such an important part of it and that was a big part of of, of barbaric you know everything with axe and owen and then soren soren ended up coming a little later and playing a um playing a pretty important very important role as a matter of fact in an unexpected way i kind of i thought at the end of the volume you know we'd be kind of done with her but i, I just have grown to love love her character too much uh so you make these discoveries along the way but she also has like a really cool voice in, in the trio that's now that's now been forged yeah yeah okay cool who's literally whose voice do you hear for the leads like do you have actual like i don't know celebs or actors or people in your life where you're like oh i bet they sound like this person do you have that you know what no i it's funny i i i envy writers who are able to do that or picture people like i i'm I, it's weird like it, it's the same thing why i mean there's there's probably a number of reasons why i'm not a good artist but i think one of the big reasons is i don't i can't if you ask me to draw a human being i'll be like yeah I can, I, I, yeah i know i know what a human being is but then i put the pencil to the paper and i'll be like what the fuck is a human being look like you know like, <laughs> right, yeah. and i just can't my brain my head just doesn't put it in there and i like mm -hmm. so like when i'm writing i don't see anybody else and i don't hear anybody else it's just like story beats and the kind of mechanics of writing that's going on which maybe is sure. maybe in a way is a good way but i wish i wish i did hear and a lot of people have said to me like uh i've had a lot of like you know people you know tweet at me or whatever like uh casting stuff and they've said john cena sure. for owen and i think that's perfect okay. you know i once yeah. you put once somebody says it i'm like oh yeah I, I can see i can see that but like thinking about it on my own like my my brain just just like you you can you almost hear the gears just grind to a halt yeah <laughs> you know? yeah i feel like uh like early 2000s jack black for the axe definitely is is in there for me just this like oh total God. manic energy oh i love <laughs> it i love super jack fun. black yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be looking forward to that vault announcement any day now. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers yeah, crossed. Nice. Oh, um, but yeah, yeah, it would be awesome. So I saw on Instagram uh, you were, you shared a list of the reading you were doing to prep for Barbaric, and obviously you mentioned you know Conan and the the Robert E. Howard stuff that is kind of the template of this the bedrock of the sword and sorcery genre. But do you always like to sort of binge in and around genre as you work, and, and then how does that like manifest? How does that translate into your storytelling? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I'm kind of a research, uh, a, a research uh, rat, I guess you can say research hobbyist. I don't know what's what's a better word for saying rat. <laughs> I'm a researcher as well as a writer. And I really enjoy that part of it. Um, and the process, you know, really is, I don't know, maybe it's some of me just indulging, you know, just like, oh, I know I have an excuse to you know, go read all this stuff, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and, and, you know, part of it, you know, going back to the, to the question, the thing I was talking about before about, you know, being more judicious with projects and taking, taking, you know, more time and doing less stuff so you can develop that voice and develop, you know, go deeper into a thing. That's something that I've really, as I, as I, for lack of a better term, like matured as a writer has really even enjoyed. Like I like, getting way deeper into the process. And for me, that's part of my process. I like to absorb as much as I possibly can. If I do working on a project, 
a big part of it. Like I'm going to go absorb as much as I can. Like for instance, um, in the case of our barrack, it was Conan, um, you know, Joe Abercrombie, uh, Nicholas Eames, uh, you know, Dungeon and Dragon stuff, Hero Quest stuff. Um, I'm sure there's a few other things that are important, but like, um, um, you know, I just want to see how they do it, especially voice like Nicholas Eames and Joe, you know, speaking of, speaking of that, Nicholas Eames and, and Joe Abercrombie are just, uh, it's just such unique, great voices in, in fantasy that, that align so well. They're, they're very darkly humorous. It's funny, Joe Abercrombie, you know, he's credited with, with, in, you know, being the, the first of grimdark, you know, fantasy fiction. And that's not wrong, but also Joe Abercrombie is hilarious. <laughs> like his yeah. stuff is so relentlessly dark, but it's also aware of how dark it is. And it's like, it's just so dark. It's funny, you know? And I think he knows that he knows his grim humor very, very well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, but that's part of the thing. Like I'll just go and, and just, just utterly saturate in those waters and then do my best to forget all of it. Then be like, okay, now I'm just going to forget it. Now I know mm -hmm. I got the feeling for it. I got, I kind of, I kind of process something and I guess it's kind of nebulous what that thing is. But now I'm going to forget it. And now I'm going to go do my thing now, you know, because I don't want to, yeah. I obviously don't want to, you know, just replicate Joe's work or Nicholas's right. or, you know, Howard's or whomever. Um, I want to go do my own thing. But I think it's good to be one, to be aware, you know, of that stuff. Uh, and two, to kind of see where you can evolve and see what other people are doing. You know, that's, that's similar, that's similar, you know, in the same wheelhouse. And, um, yeah, it's been a big part of the process and it's, I've had a lot of fun doing it. It's, just, it's a blast to, to, you know, be like, you know, today for work, I'm going to read, I'm going to read, you know, the, the, you know, the Amber Crabby, the, the first trilogy, the, uh, the, the first law trilogy, you know, that's, that's not mm -hmm. bad. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's my favorite part about all these creator interviews I've been setting up is like, all right, today, uh, I have to read the plot. <laughs> what was me? I have to read a, a volume of a, a vault series I've been meaning to catch up on. So it's like, yeah, yeah I love, I love diving back and digging and stuff. So I, I totally get that. Do you, nice. do you have a hard time, um, like like shedding those influences like is that easy like it sounds to me like you know it's the thing where like okay i just listen to this album and then i go and sit down and i'm like oh i just all i can write are radiohead songs right now <laughs> because right. i was just listening to radiohead or whatever um do you have that problem or is it like it's pretty easy for you to just kind of shake it off and, and do your thing no it's pretty easy i mean maybe it's a attribute to i have uh, a remarkably bad memory <laughs> so like <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know like i talk to people about like books and i've read the book we both read, you know, you know, and they'll be able to cite, you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this happened. And I remember this character did this and I'm like, I don't remember any of that. Like I, I read this, but not that long ago, but I don't remember any of these things, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I just have a bad, bad memory, but also, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is like, I used to struggle with it. You know, when you're, when you're a writer or artist, when you're anything, when you're ever sort of like trying any of these kind of creative endeavors, it's you'll always run into the problem of like it's the thing you love so you want to enjoy it like i want to be able to go see a movie and just see and enjoy a movie and that's it mm -hmm. you know you'll always i mean it's it's you're still gonna be inspired hopefully if it's good you know or still be like frustrated because like oh i could do better than that uh, <laughs> you know but like it's always going to have some sort of creative professional however you want to couch it effect on you right so i think that like you you just have to train yourself to be able to separate, you know, like to be able to like, okay, like this is the time that I am 
going to read something or watch something or whatever. And sometimes there is a specific tent intent where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to write barbaric, you know, but I still want to read Joe Abercrombie regardless, you know? So I think you have to have that on off to be able like, okay, this is, I understand what Joe does and I got into it and now I got to get out, you know? And I think part of that, you know, you know, looping this back around is also like the voice thing. Like, I want to write like, like me, you know, voice is something that, you know, it's, it's hard. You cultivate that, you know, some writers are are just kind of born with a natural voice uh, and, you know, we hate all of them, but, (laughs) but some (laughs) have to cultivate over time. You know, voice is a really hard thing to, 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 to just develop, you know, it's something that's in you. It has to be in you. It has to be a natural thing that's part of you, an extension of you, yet you still have to cultivate it at the same time. So it's easier once you get better at cultivating your voice. And I think um, the last couple of years, I, I feel like I, I have, I think Wasted Space really kind of cracked that open to me. And I think I've talked about this before in different ways. Um, and once I did cultivate that voice, it became easy for easier for me to be able to look at something and totally separated from it. Cause I'm like, okay, that's that. And this is me, you know, like mm. it becomes a lot easier to make those shifts. Cause I feel more comfortable and more confident. Like, okay, this is, a, this is the story I tell. And this is how I tell it. Yeah. You know, Nicholas Eames does it this way. Uh, and I wish I was, could do it that way, but I can't, and I'm not going to try. And it's not me anyway. Do you have, do you have a particular moment in the progression of wasted space or anything where you're like, where you look back and you're like, Oh, like, I figured it out. Like that's like, I, I cultivated my voice in a way that I can very clearly articulate now. Like, was there a certain point in wasted space or was it really just organically over the course of doing it? You're like, Oh, like, yeah, I, I know, I know who I am now. I know what I want to be. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it was organically over the period, you know, like I think the once the, the idea that was one of the, that was one of the rare times where it was like a lightning bolt of inspiration where it's like, I had this sort of something that also was just like, got it, got all of it, you know, like yeah. in this like rush of a day, all of Waste of Space made sense to me, the voice, the characters, all of it. Um, and I think it also, but then like learning how to do that and when, where to go, like how to push that voice, how to pull it back, you know, where to deploy it, how to best to deploy it. Well, something that happened definitely, um, definitely it developed over time and a lot of that honestly is a tribute to to adrian uh Mossel, who was the the book's editor in the vault i'm sure you know if you know vault you know adrian um and he was the first person um and still you know one of if not the greatest editor i've ever worked with he was the first person who was really like i see what you're doing and i see what you can do and um i'm gonna push you i'm gonna push you in this place i'm gonna push you in this direction because the best editors and I've always said this, the best editors recognize the story that's trying to be told and lead the writer, the creative team to that inevitable place. The worst mm-hmm. editors are like, will tell you, no, the story's this and try to push you into something that's not organic. And I've mm-hmm. worked with them and it's misery. <laughs> um, but like the good ones are like, no, are, are able to, and, and Adrian is one of the good ones, one of the best, are able to say, I see you, I see your story. I'm going to try to help you get it to where it should be going in the best way possible. And he did that with me. He did a wasted space and it, it was profound. It changed. I think, I think it changed a lot of what I do as a writer. 
Very cool. Very cool. How, how weird is it to be done with Wasted Space after, a, you know, this 25 issue critically acclaimed run? Like, do you, I guess I'll, I'll stop there. Is it, is it weird to be done? Like, does it still feel like a hole? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, while I finished writing it, um, oh gosh, six months ago, at least a while. It's been a while since I finished. It still wasn't finished. It was still going on because Hayden was still drawing. Jason was coloring. Jim was lettering. You know, we were still going through the process. But then there was that moment. Uh, there was that day where Jason turned in the final page. Uh, Jim turned in the final PDF. Uh, a few weeks later, it came out and, you know, that was it, you know, and it's... Um, it's a, it's a transformative book in my life, in my career. I, I, I feel like it's, um, I don't know, something that's really personal to me because I feel like a lot, I don't, I'm not a person, you know, I, I, I use social media sparingly. Uh, I don't really go on much and I just say, you know, uh, for kind of work purposes or, you know, just talk about a movie that I watched that I liked or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't really shout, you know, my, my politics, my ideas, my cultural stuff. I don't, I don't, you know, if you know me, then you know what I feel and think about things. Um, and Waste of Space was the kind of the most vulnerable I've ever gotten with that kind of stuff. Cause it says a lot of things that I think about the uh, morality, uh, uh, a culture, uh, religion, you know, it's, it's tackling a lot yeah. of big ideas that I tackle myself, you know, and just trying to figure out, I don't have the answers. I, I don't, but I have a lot of the questions that I try to present them in the best way possible. And, um, it was a great experience. And yeah, so to not be able to do that and not be able to be working with that team who I just have gotten so close to is, uh, yeah, it's strange. It's definitely a hole, you know, uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad of what we did, you know, 25 issues, one team. There's only us. Nobody ever touched Waste of Space except for except for me, Hayden, Jim, Jason, and and and, um, and Adrian. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. Do you think you'd ever want to come back? Like, is there a future point where you might be like, oh, I could I could see returning or just right now? Nope. Nope. It concluded and that's it. Um, I can see us doing like a, like a one shot here or there that, that kind of folds back, um, to a different point in time of the wasted space, you know, uh, continuum. Um, yeah. but I, uh, I don't think I'll ever write, and I don't know if anyone will agree. Uh, I, I don't know, but I don't think I'll ever write an ending as satisfying as wasted space. I, I the way it ended, the way it exemplified my, the point that we were all trying to make. Um, I kind of want to keep that in the amber that it's in. That's yeah. the end. And, and that's it, you know, and, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad how, I'm glad how we finished. I'm glad we were able to do it on our terms to do the 25 issues. I'm, I just, I love the ending and, um, you know, I just want to keep it that way. Sure. Sure. No, that makes sense. So back to barbaric. Um, we know this is going to be returning in 2022. So we have the first three issues are out now. Um, if I haven't mentioned, everybody can find a link here in the show notes. Cause the, the, you know, the trades are out, right? The hardcovers are available and, yeah. uh, and we'll link to that. Um, but you're coming back in 2022. Uh, you, you've mentioned this kind of being, um, and I think it was an interview with, with comics book case, kind of like your Hellboy, you know, a thing you can jump in and out of do different stories in this era. Uh, I was kind of curious, like, what is, what else does that mean to you in terms of like this being your Hellboy? Like what, it, what, I guess, like, what is the appeal of that? And then what do you think that affords you, um, for stories in the barbaric universe? Yeah, well, that's, that's an awesome question. Um, you know, what I really love about Hellboy, especially, oh gosh, this is, I mean, there's so many things, one of my favorite comics of all time, but if I narrow it down to specifics about, um, about Barbaric, one of the things that I really love, like, so Barbaric does have a mythology, like there is, it's, you know, the story, 
I don't know how seriously, you know, we obviously didn't take it that seriously in the first arc, you know, like, you know, we, we, we're going to, <laughs> yeah. but there's never going to be, the mythology is never going to be the point, you know, this isn't like lost or something or Battlestar Galactic or whatever, you know, it's never, yeah, it's yeah. not going to be like, you know, what, what's the ending? It's like, I have no idea. Is there an ending? I don't know. Is there an ending to Hellboy? Like, probably yeah. not. I guess there could be, you know, he's yeah, gone yeah. to hell already. What, what else? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like <laughs> the right. cool thing is though, I mean, Hellboy, does have a mythology like if you read cover to cover mignola drops in these like there's a prophecy you know there's something going on the kid the guy with the right hand of doom mm -hmm. the 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 arthurian stuff i mean the, the the mythology kind of you know wavers and it goes here and it goes there and it kind of shifts but it's overall like there's something powerful with hellboy maybe it's for good maybe it's for bad let's find out you know and that's kind of it and but then sometimes he doesn't talk about it at all you know sometimes it's just yeah. totally absent we there's there's storylines that we don't don't even touch on it you know bprd goes like way over that doesn't even not at certain point it's not even concerned with hellboy you know right so I, right. I just like having that flexibility i like the idea like one the format like we don't have to do the constant like month to month to month to month that's just that's just impossible you know like we just talk wasted space you know did it i mean granted we ain't always caught every month it was just it, it's so hard with an indie book especially so hard when we, we have no um we never had a fill-in we never had any substitutions um mm -hmm. but it takes the pressure off especially particularly nate <laughs> who has to draw the thing um and they're all the issues are 30 plus pages yeah um so it takes the pressure off to do that format in terms of just the logistics and the practicality of it but also takes the pressure off like um it takes the pressure off of uh, of having to deliver a cohesive narrative mythology like it's going to be a growth and an arc that's going to lead us to here it's like no what you know there might be an arc that takes place before arc one i, I we, we announced that we're doing a series of one shots and i can say i've already written one one shot and it takes place years before anything that we've seen. So there's no Soren, you know, like yeah. we'll meet other characters, you know, we'll have other stuff and maybe those characters pop back in, but it's like building a universe, not linear. You know, you have the flexibility to go here and there. Yeah. So I just, I love how Mignola handled it. Like, I feel like he was so, he bucked everything that we know about comics. You know, the comics you have to come out every month and it has to be building to a story and it has to blah, blah, blah. blah. Like there's all these expectations. Like he doesn't really care, <laughs> you know, like yeah. if he yeah. wants to talk about the mythology, he will, if he doesn't, he won't, <laughs> you know? And uh, I think mm -hmm. that's kind of awesome. And, you know, we were so inspired by it. Just like, you know, the last thing I'll say is like, one of the things that we learned consciously before even setting out on this is, is iconography, you know? And I feel like that's something that is, oftentimes absent in comics we forget that like hellboy is such an iconic iconic story like visually like hellboy the, the red fist hellboy's design abe like uh uh, uh damio i don't know how you say damio ben you know ben um yeah uh his you know the, the, every design is so unique familiar but unique you know and it's so the, the iconography is so rich and that's why you know what led us to axe and owen and, and soren's you know store tattoos we always like how can we make this visually iconic everything we do and that's hellboy does that so well and i love it that's some cool thinking yeah it is it is a thing that you can 
that difference between just design and and having cool visuals and something that is truly truly iconic and and really lingers um there is that is like a, it's a nuance right and it's hard to get to certainly mm-hmm. uh but that is that's an interesting bit of thought to put into that so it, what can you you mentioned there's some one shots coming we're going to jump in this in, in kind of a non-linear space potentially which is sounds exciting honestly I, I like that style of world building like you said that hellboy universe style um what else can you tell us about what's come for for the barbaric universe Oh, uh, gosh, uh, there's a lot. And I feel bad because there's not much we can talk about. There's there's a number of things that are, I think, going to be really surprising uh, that we're going to do uh, that is um, uh, unusual. <laughs> um, uh, but we we have a lot of plans. We have basically right now, uh, I, I think exactly three to four years planned out. Um, and we'll have mini series in Munchaus oh, nice. every yeah. year. Uh, so yeah, we have, I think it's three, it might be four if I, I'm trying to do the brain calculations. Uh, yeah, but at least three and that's not nearly the end. That's just like right now. Um, we have cool artists who are going to, you know, step in and do some of this stuff. Cause again, Nate, Nate's in a unique position, um, in that, like he does a lot of stuff for vault. He's actually like vaults resident artist. Um, so he's working on a number of books. Um, he's doing the size barrier book, um, right now. Uh, he does a number of covers he's doing, I think he's doing one of the vampire masquerade. He's doing some work on that. Uh, so Nate is, is very busy. So Nate just by nature, like he, you know, the nature of his job, he can't do, you know, every, every month. That's just impossible. So we have some cool fill in artists, which I'm really uh, excited about. And yeah, the story is going to take us to some interesting places. I can say that. I think we're, we're going to learn more about Owen and the curse and we'll learn more about Axe. We're going to go to some different, you know, we're going to the next, well, I said the one shot goes in the past, the, the next series, which Nate is drawing. Um, he's not drawing the one shot, but he's drawing the next series. Uh, that go, that does continue from volume one, um, with like the cliffhanger sure. we had with steel and the vampires, uh, which that gets handled. Uh, I, I'm, in a very unexpected way. Uh, and um, it's going to open things up, I think, in a really, uh, you know, we start seeing more of that. I would say this is a more, the volume two is the more mythology art. We start to see more of that in volume two. I mean, like I said, we're not going to be beholden to it. Then volume three doesn't, maybe doesn't, you know, stay on that path directly, but we'll start seeing those bits and pieces start to take shape. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I think uh, I think a lot of people will be. It's a really fun series. If people haven't checked it out. So again, linked in the show notes, and it's going to be listed on uh, on the CBH Best of 2021. So check out that list as well. Uh, so changing gears a little bit here, um, you've you've had a few big announcements in the last few weeks. Uh, one, you recently announced that you've written a movie with comics writer Tim Seeley, who, through total coincidence, I'll be interviewing uh, next week. <laughs> like oh, total really? <laughs> total coincidence. I was like, hey, I'd love to talk to you about Money Shot. And then you made this announcement. I'm like, wow, that's like back to back interviews for me. Perfect. Oh, that's um, awesome. But it's going to be a revealer, right? This 80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 80s Chicago horror. Uh, what can you tell us about what to expect from from this movie? When to expect it? And kind of what the uh, like what the the process was for you? You know, writing a writing a movie here. Oh, it's you know, it's crazy. You know, it's it I mean, it's a dream come true. It's what I've always you know wanted so badly but i never thought was possible you know like i you know to be candid um you know went to film school i i I, you know all through my early even earlier than that i just i made move my own movies you know i was that kid and i just wanted to make movies so badly and then the more i saw about the 
how they were made and learn the industry. And I was just some like poor kid from the South side of Chicago. Like I was like, there's, there's no way, you know, like I was just always like, there's no way that this mm-hmm. will ever happen. It seemed so absolutely unobtainable, which is heartbreaking, you know, and in a way that I, the, the me then when I was 20 is not wrong. <laughs> um, so it is, it's remarkably hard, you know, I mean, everything's hard, anything's hard to do, you know, that's, that, that's, it's movies are a special level of hard. Um, but, you know, through circumstance, um, through, you know, basically the, the champion of this is, uh, so Tim, um, who we just mentioned, you know, is, is one of my, you know, best friends, you know, we both are in Chicago, we've known each other forever. Um, and, um, we share a mutual friend named Luke Boyce, uh, Luke is the director of Revealer, and he he's a, a fantastic filmmaker. He's done shorts, he's done documentaries, he's he's done commercial work. He's awesome. He's great and a wonderful, wonderful human being. And he, through this, you know, long story short, uh, there was producers that he knew who were like, "Hey, we know this is a year and a half ago. Obviously, we we're in the thick of, of COVID and lockdowns and stuff." But he was like, "Hey, some producers see an opportunity where we can make a film." Um, we can make it very contained. We can make it safe, most of all, and we can we can go do it. We can provide something that nobody has, which is new film, new movies. And we we're like, you know, he came to Tim and I, and like, hey, can you pitch something? And we pitched it. We pitched this idea, which was Revealer, um, and you know, off we went. You know, got accepted. We wrote a script in what felt like fifteen minutes, <laughs> and um, you know, and and you know, yeah. just kind of took on a life of its own. And uh, yeah, so it's a uh, it's revealer. Yeah. It's two, two women. Uh, this is like you said, it's 80 Chicago in the thick of uh, satanic panic and two women, a religious fundamentalist and, and a stripper, uh, uh, get caught in the middle of, uh, of an apocalypse. And, <laughs> you know, these two very different people have to figure out, uh, what they're going to do now, uh, trapped in this very confined space of the, of, uh, the revealers, uh, adult bookstore. Um, it comes out next year. Uh, I can't nice. say yet. Uh, so it is, it is a fit, you know, we do, we do know the release and we know where it's coming from and it's a horror movie. So I guess you can probably guess, uh, I can't say, but like, it's, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised <laughs> yeah. where it's, where it's finding a home. Uh, and yeah, and it'll be out, like I said, uh, you know, in 2022. Well, I look forward to seeing it on the Hallmark Channel, uh, you know, with this with this nun and the stripper getting together and, and finding love. Uh, that'll be that'll be great. No, no, it sounds it sounds super fun. Was the was the idea for the script um, something that either you know you or Tim had percolating already, or was it like totally new? Like, hey, let's just sit down and, and figure out a new idea. I wish I wish it was something we had. No, because they were like it needs to be, and and it needs to be one location. And we love I love you know single location horror is like a rich tradition because because horror is traditionally cheap. You know it's it's made for as little as possible because you know yeah yeah you often don't you know this is this harkens back to the days of you know VHS release or or you know straight to cable release. Uh, so there wasn't a tremendous financial market. So one way to make things cheap is to have. Uh, location, <laughs> you know, not multiple. You don't have to move. You don't have to do any set moves. You don't have to do company moves. You see, everyone stays. Everything's set up, uh, and then the next day you get up and you shoot, and everything's just ready. You know, there's, you know, so that that yeah. saves so much money. Um, but no, so we're like, okay, we got to think of this one location thing. So no, we didn't have that. <laughs> we had to start totally from scratch. So it was like, not only did we write the script really fast, but it's like we also had to like think of the story, like you know after we yeah. pitched what was basically a couple paragraphs and they said yeah let's do it and we're like oh man what is this thing though <laughs> you know 
but it was fun. I mean, it was a fun experience. I, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but uh, it was wild. It was crazy. You know, like we were like, you know, just figured out a lot of things really fast. Uh, but sometimes it makes good yeah. stuff and sometimes it makes for a lot of fun. You know, we, Tim, Luke and Luke and I were just down in the trenches figuring this out, racing out a script, going to shoot. And uh, I was on set. It was magical. It's movie magic. You know, what can, what can you really kind of, uh, what can compete with it? Cool. Cool. I look forward uh, to seeing more from that when uh, when there's more info available and it's coming out. Um, awesome. The other the other big announcement, and I'm also uh, I have to say, you know, I'm I'm Chicago based as well, so I'm definitely oh, excited. I that is a, a Chicago focused. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, where are you? Uh, always always got to represent. I'm in the suburbs now, uh, West suburbs. Um, but yeah, oh, we downtown. Too, so bit, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's it's born and bred. Uh, so it's yeah, love to see it represented. Um, all nice. right. The other the other big <clears throat> announcement you had here was. And I think this was uh, just this last week, maybe um, you're co-writing The Awakened with Alex Segura. You got art here by Dean Katz for the launch of Zest World. Uh, it's a new subscription comics platform, which to my reading feels like a competitive counter to some of, I don't know, like Substack or Webtoon or some of these other bigger ones. Right. Um, so I guess two questions. First, uh, what can you tell us about these ser- like the series? Like what's the what's coming and um, kind of broad beats of, of what the story is going to be? Yeah. So it's uh, I'm pretty excited because like I've. You know, despite writing comics now for, uh, gosh, I gotta like cut the, you know, count the rings of this tree, like over a decade more. I forget how long, but a while. I haven't really done much superhero work. I, my superhero output's very limited. So, like, to actually mm-hmm. do a proper, like, superhero series is like, I'm pretty pumped for that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so it's called The Awakened. And it's Alex's and mine, and Alex is, is a good is a good buddy. We've been friends for you know like liked him for a long time. Um, but like, it's our take on a superhero, you know, noir mystery, you know, murder mystery superhero. I think the image, the 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 teaser that that was you know shown with the with the launch article was was you know this murdered this murdered uh, superhero. We don't know who, and this like the row below it of all the you know superheroes who are also suspects. You know. Um, sure. But we're trying to make it, you know, we're trying to make it something that's, you know, again, something that I, Alex and I talked a lot about was that the idea of voice. Like, if we're going to do a superhero thing, like, how do we, how is it not just the churn of another superhero thing? Because, like, right. neither one of us has any interest in doing that. Or even just another superhero mystery, which there's actually quite a few of those too you know that's where we're not the first um so -hmm. it's like well how do we do this and we we really worked on like what is the world what is the voice you know how does this really feel that's different from like you know this is just the indie version of jla like because jla exists you know why bother um and and i think that's what people you know when you read it it's gonna find it's pretty different like it's a different i know everyone says that like this this you know i just saw black adam um the director's like, this is the most different superhero movie ever. I'm like, how, <laughs> yeah. how is black? Cause why? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Um, but like, I, I really do. Like I said, I'm kind of apprehensive to say it because everyone says it, but I really think we made a conscious effort to be like, we don't want to be just that we want to really kind of do, I think the best thing that we can say, and I, and I, and I'm really, <laughs> I don't want to say, I say this with like, a lot of apprehension because you cannot compare yourself to this, but the best thing to say is Watchmen, not, not the Watchmen comic, but the Watchmen TV show, hmm. the way the HBO Damon Lindelof Watchmen, like really made itself Watchmen. Like, yes, it felt like this, it felt like the comic. And I think it did a remarkable job, but it felt 
different and smarter and more nuanced and more, um, I don't know, thoughtful than like other superhero stuff in film, TV, uh, or comic that I've seen in a while. And that show, I loved that show. And I feel like we took a lot of cues from that, you know, like how do we do not exactly what they did, but how we do it, what they did in spirit in our, what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Cause right. Cause you say murdered superhero and the first thing in everyone's mind is Watchmen, right? Just that legacy. But yeah, I mean the TV series, right. Taking that inspiration and finding something new to mm-hmm. say with it and, and a way to tell that story was, I, I found remarkable as well. Um, so, all right, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's funny. You're like, you know, I don't even want to say it, but it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, that is what I want to hear from the creators on a book like this though, is like, we think we found a new angle. Right. And it's like, okay, good. Like, I, I hope so. <laughs> right. Or, or some <laughs> fresh so on it because it is, you know, yeah, yeah. Like that, that definitely makes it more exciting. Um, so the other, the other follow up there is, all right. So like, this is like a debut launch for a new comic streaming platform, Zest World. Um, how'd you get involved with Zest World? Like, was it just circumstance? Like, was that something, is that something you're kind of, um, working on your end to explore like different ways comics are getting distributed these days or did it kind of just fall into your lap? Um, it, well, uh, it kind of fell in my lap because, uh, it's really, uh, Alex who, who, who started, I think, uh, they reached out to him or, you know, he's, you know, as everyone knows, Alex also was, was a long time at Archie. Now he's, um, working for Oni, like, yeah. Al- and he worked at DC before that. Alex is like, Alex is, you know, people who knows people, you know, like he just, Alex is everywhere. You know, he knows everyone. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, I am not that guy. I'm like the, I don't know anybody, uh, nobody call, nobody write, <laughs> you know, um, uh, <laughs> uh, even doing this, like, I don't really do any, like, like interviews i'm glad i am because my you know this is this has been great but like i rarely even like do interviews you know um i think i'm just getting old or something but but anyway so it came through him (laughs) and but but the cool thing is that like i love taking risks like that like i i I was on the first vault books you know wasted space you know i was one of the first people at conversation with Mm -hmm. with adrian um and i remember i remember pitching him something that wasn't wasted space and i remember him rejecting it and i remember being like who's this guy? (laughs) You know, like, you know, I was like, the hell? (laughs) I was coming off like doing a couple image series and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And that's what I knew. I was like, oh man, I love this Mm -hmm. guy. Um, And, um, but no, I mean, you know, going back again to something we were talking about before, but like, I want to push myself creatively, you know, like in voice and idea and being judicious about what I do, but I want to push myself professionally as well. You know, like, yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't say I'd never do another image book. In fact, as a matter of fact, I plan on, you know, doing another image book. Like I almost spoiled something. I almost slipped something. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, but um, you know, I, it's not to say like I'm, you know, like uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, an opponent, for lack of a better term, of any of the traditional publishing. But I like taking those kind of risks. I mean, Vault is working with vault and we're you know figuring out waste of space with adrian was probably one of the best creative and professional decisions of my life um so when zest called and they and they talked to alex and you know i've talked to them too and they're they're enthusiastic and they're cool and they're supportive and i'm like yeah let's let's give it a shot i think i think some writers and some people kind of turn their nose up to that. i think you see it saw it with the Substack with all these you know big names were with Substack, and you saw a lot of people are like kind of like oh ooh, Substack, you know you know it's like well who's gonna read it it's like who cares i don't know <laughs> like i mean i you know like who reads wednesday comics you know like and somebody does right we, we wouldn't be here so like mm-hmm. 
you know, don't worry about that. You know, let's worry about doing the best thing possible and not be, you know, snobbish about it, you know, like, cause great things can yeah. happen. Great things can happen from taking risk. Nothing great. I, I would actually say nothing great happens unless you take a risk. You know, I, I like these guys. Uh, I liked vault. Like I like doing stuff like this. It makes me, I don't know. It just makes me energized. I'm like, man, we're, we're, we're going to try something. And you know what, if we yeah. fail, all right. If Zest fails, if Vault closes tomorrow, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. If I did, I would just play the lottery and not do any of this, you know. But like, yeah. uh, you know, I no matter what, at least I'm like, you know what? We had a cool idea and we felt passionately about it and we tried. And the journey sometimes is better than the destination. And I'd rather make that attempt than be too afraid to make the attempt and never know and never take a chance. Um, that's just, that's not my, my career. That's not, that's not like we said, you know, writing, you know, superhero stuff. That's why I don't work for Marvel. I don't feel inspired by doing that kind of stuff. You know, if they called, mm -hmm. I would certainly answer, but like, it's never been that kind of trajectory for me. I like taking, taking risks makes me feel more energized than doing something that's already been done. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. I it, so like within the last couple of years, you have done a couple um, all ages books, right, or, or younger readers with the the Star Wars Adventures and um, uh, the the Nightwing book, the Dick Grayson um, with with Sass Millage, yeah, uh, Night, Lost Carnival. That's what it was. And um, were those for you? Was that like trying to push into writing for a different audience? Like, was that you pushing yourself creatively in terms of these licensed projects for different audiences, allowing you to flex some different muscles? Like, what was your what was your kind of thinking behind those? Yeah. I mean, you said it great. I mean, that's really a big part, a huge part of it, you know? And again, I feel like that's a like creatively risky, you know, like it was like, can I write for like all ages? And I have kids and I feel like I've read a lot of stuff for kids, you know? So it's not like I was not, uh, you know, unexposed. Like I've, I've read it. I, you know, and I, and I was a kid once myself too, you know, obviously. So I, I wasn't coming in totally cold, but it was like, yeah, it was like a creative, like, Hey, let's, Let's see, you know, like, you know, some of the people that I love the most uh, in any kind of creative field are like, you know, for instance, like the Coens, um, who, while you always know it's a Cohen movie, they've never made the same movie twice. They'll make a Western, they'll make a noir, they'll make a mystery, right. they'll make a everything, anything, everything. You know, it's, Alan Moore is the same way. Alan Moore, like, you know, you could tell it's Alan Moore and Alan Moore never did the same book twice, you know, like From mm -hmm. Hell, V for Vendetta, Swamp Thing. These are... Yeah, you can tell that signature, but he didn't do the same thing. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he just did something different all the time. And there's some creators who just need that. And I feel like I'm I'm one of them, you know? Like I want to see what's out there and push myself creatively. And again, like taking those professional risks is taking the creative risk that makes me feel energized. You know, after Barbaric came out, you know, Barbaric was like a really, you know, you know, knock on wood and not, not to say it's in a boastful way, but it was a big success. It was a huge hit. It was a huge hit for Vault. Sold tremendously. Subsequent issues sold great. The Harker, you know, everything. It's a, it's a, it's a successful book. Mm. And I had a lot of publishers, uh, and, and, I, and I don't mind this. It's, it, I, I understand the impulse. Like, hey, can you do a Barbaric for us? And I was like, no, I have no interest. I'm right. One, I'm doing it already. Two, like, I don't want to do it again. You know, like yeah, I'll never do yeah. another wasted space. You know, I did it, you know, like I did it and I'm glad I did it and I'll never do it again. <laughs> you know, I told yeah. that story. Uh, some people like telling the same stories and that's totally cool. I'm just not one of them. I like to take chances in every way I possibly can. Yeah. Do you think that applies to like 
like, does that apply to genre for you? You know, so with Wasted Space, like that's a cosmic story, right? Are you like, I'm, I, do you see yourself as kind of like out on cosmic stories or is it more, more specific, right? It's more specific to a certain version. Cause obviously within genre, you can go a lot of different directions. Definitely. Yeah. It's more specific. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, cause I could, you can, I can easily be couched as like being hypocritical cause I've done a lot of horror stuff. I mean, there, I'll always, you know, I think if I'm looking at one genre, if I was like, well, if I had to pick one that I do, I mean, it's horror, you know, from plot, yeah. curse, revealer now, other stuff that's in the work, like, and it's just what I love the most, you know, I watch the most horror, read the most horror, but like, yeah, if I had an idea that inspired me, um, to do, you know, to do another, you know, space opera, something along those lines, like for sure. You know, if I had another cool fantasy idea, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, who knows what it is? Like if I did another fantasy, like, you know, barbaric's fantasy, maybe what I do is more like, I don't know, Brand Sanderson, you know, maybe it's more like in that vein, like more as yeah. Robert Jordan, you know, like an epic fantasy. I don't think I have that in me. I don't think I'm smart or patient enough to do that. Um, but like, I guess you never know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But if it's like, Hey, can you do, um, can you do Conan, but he's funny and he has a goofy ax. You're like, no, I'm good. I, I've got, I've got one like that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. all right, cool. Sword, so not an X, you know, you're like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Still the um, same. <laughs> exactly. So, so we've got uh barbaric out. People can collect that. Now we know there's more coming next year, which is super excited about. You got revealer awakened, um, I'm sure some other stuff, what, what else is next for you? Anything else that you can talk about that is, that's on the, on the horizon? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I've, uh, you know, it's funny, like the, once upon a time, um, I used to have so many projects going on and that's, you know, it goes back to, you know, again, go back to earlier. Like I just, I'm doing a little less now and I'm happy doing less. Um, I definitely have more stuff that I'm working on that hasn't been announced. You know, that's kind of just the nature of things, sure. um, that I'm really, you know, obviously super excited about that's both original. There's some, um, stuff that is, you know, um, uh, bigger, you know, properties, uh, that's, that I've been working on for a while. That's, you know, slowly coming together and coming, you know, coming out. Uh, we're still feeling the effects. I feel like of like, you know, COVID and delays and just of everything got delayed. Um, but that's coming soon. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's some stuff in the works. Um, but really, yeah, right now, barbaric, you know, revealer, uh, awakened, which I, which I'm currently, you know, Alex and I are currently writing. So yeah, that's the, I think that's the first wave of, uh, you know, 2022. Cool, cool. All right, final question. Uh, what recommended reading do you have for listeners? Anything, uh, books, comics, anything that you've read recently that that you would recommend? Yeah, you know that's you know that's a, that's an awesome question. You know, I'm gonna look around my room. Um, the the one of the great things. So obviously, my, my you know my this just my office, which is so messy right now because I've got like it's like not only messy but like I've got like you know like Christmas stuff you know, oh, yeah. boxes, yeah, you yeah. know, like all, you know, presents hey. all up over here. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, um, I recently read, um, what was it called? I'm going to stand up really fast. There's a box in the way. Yeah. No worries. Um, do, 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 what was it called? Oh, so it was the, the big goodbye. Um, it was, it's, uh, I love, uh, old Hollywood stories. Um, yeah, it's not necessarily old. It's from the seventies, but it chronicles uh, China, the making of Chinatown, and okay. um, it's fascinating. I mean, it's such a fascinating time in Hollywood where you see this transition from like 
it becoming the old Hollywood to new Hollywood that we know today. And Chinatown was like the movie in between that kind of like, in a way where, you know, that's about the old LA to the new LA, you know, the movie, a lot of it, it's about, it just chronicles it in this really awesome and fascinating way. I loved, I loved that book. It was so good. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the comics I read. Oh, I read, uh, um, the fade out, you know, I, I finally speak of old Hollywood, I guess it's a pairing the, you know, Brubaker Phillips. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sure. So good. So, I mean, everything, but yeah. like that, especially, I, I mean, it hit a special number cause I love that kind of stuff. And I know the stories that they're drawing from in that forties Hollywood era, especially oh, sure. like a, it's a, it's, it almost yeah. feels like a thinly veiled L, uh, MGM, uh, history, <laughs> but like, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's really, it's really awesome. It's really, really awesome. I loved it so much. Yeah, nice. Okay, yeah. No, the fade out is awesome. Uh, no, I do. I, I feel like you would get a lot out of knowing your Hollywood history with some of their works, because um, definitely I've had that experience with uh, it, one of the uh, criminal series they did not too long ago, where it was all comics history, and it's like, oh, this is a Jack Kirby and a Wally Wood allegory. I get this. Like that, it adds a, a whole layer to it, you know. Um, all right, awesome. So. Uh, this has been a pleasure. Michael, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, everybody should check out Barbaric. Again, links in the show notes. Um, yeah, but otherwise, you know, we'll we'll stay tuned here for what's to come. Uh, everybody can find more from me at Compook Herald. You can find me pretty much anywhere online at that handle. And, of course, compbookherald.com for uh, for more conversations like this. So, Michael, thanks for joining, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Appreciate it.